you're listening to a Mash Those Buttons limited series. Visit us at mashthosebuttons.com. On this episode, we learn how far the food shortage has pushed the Utaru, learn more about the veterans, and encounter Eagle Squad. Welcome to episode 50 of Lightkeeper Protocol. Keeper Protocol, a podcast about our journey through Horizon Zero Dawn and Horizon Forbidden West. My name is Jared, but you can call me Ja, and I am here with Christina, also known as Pop-Tart. Hello. Yes, I'd like to welcome any new listeners as well as any returning listeners. Thank you guys very much for taking the time to check out Lightkeeper Protocol. And uh, we'd love to have you join our Discord, which is at mash.gg slash Discord. You can join us and talk about the game, talk about the show. we just love to hear what you have to say. Uh, so we're still doing, you know, some side quest cleanup and playing song. I think last time we did, uh, we did, we did a cauldron and then we also did the promontory, uh, which gave us more reasons to dislike the chorus, right? (laughs) (laughs) As if we needed more. Uh, but yeah, we're going to continue with at least, well, yeah, there's one more, uh, Utaru. Uh, errand or quest that we're going to talk about and then actually and by stone's echo there are a group of Tanakhs there that we're going to talk about so let's start with the old growth which uh yeah this one starts with aloy butting into another conversation again yeah again like i don't know like i May, you know what? I'll say I did not notice this the very first time when I was like actually going through the game. And now that I'm saying it, I don't recall her butting into Tanakh conversations like this. I don't recall her doing it. Just kind of being like, what's going on here? Because in, in this case, uh, you know, she walks up, uh, two people arguing, one person named Yol and the other person named Shale. And it was it actually was less of an argument because Yul was just being upset about running out of food. And it was like, what's going on here? Sounds like there's a problem. And Yul just like snaps back at her. She's like, we're speaking about an important matter, Outlander. I, <laughs> you know? The first one, I guess, kind of makes sense because they were like yelling at each other, like the promissory. But this one, I was like, they were just like having a, a loud conversation. <laughs> it didn't yeah, like, seem that deep. It's something that if you saw it in public, like people would just be looking, you know, but like, right. like yeah, it's like, no, like she literally just butted into the conversation. Sounds like there's a problem here. It's not your problem. Get out of my face, <laughs> you know, <laughs> which is basically what y'all like says. Uh, but uh, Shale, she asks y'all if they can speak about it later and she walks away and she apologizes for her and says, you know, hunger robs people of their kindness. And Aloy asks if there's anything that she can do to help, because uh, it's not her war, but, you know, she wants to help. <laughs> and uh, Shell's like, well, we need food. I'm like, well, no doubt. Yeah, that, that's, that's, that's clear. Uh, but that's what they said. And uh, you find out that they've actually sent hunting parties to the old growth. And at first, I think that doesn't really sound like out of the ordinary. 
But if you think about the Otaru, this is like really an act of desperation because like she even says they've never had to eat meat before. But because the crops are failing, they have no choice. They gotta eat meat. I'm just imagining how badly cooked this food is. That's what I was gonna say. Like <laughs> switching to a meat diet, you know, if you if other if people in your society eat meat and you personally only eat vegetables and things like that, and then switching to a meat diet. That's not that bad. But if your entire society, your entire tribe does not eat meat, they're missing like critical knowledge, like how to prep the meat, how Mm -hmm. to properly store the meat, how Mm -hmm. to properly transport the meat, how to properly cook the meat, how to properly season the meat if you want to taste any good, you know? So. Yeah, I'm just imagining very over or undercooked meat. I want to say undercooked. Probably. That's what I was thinking more of, which kind of scared. I guess there's no chickens. I don't know. That we know of. They, that they we did know mention, of, yeah. They did us the favor of only mentioning boar. <laughs> you know, because if they mentioned another <laughs> animal, like, where? Where is this animal? True. <laughs> you know? Even though there, there are geese in the, in the game. So, they're geese and flamingos. <laughs> I do know as a fact. I do remember the flamingos from later on. I don't remember. I don't I'm remember sure flamingos. I'm pretty sure they're flamingo. I have to well once I get to that part of the video, but I'm pretty it's some type of exotic bird. I'm pretty sure it's a flamingo. We'll we'll <laughs> confirm in like 20 episodes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh so yeah, but the, now they're cooking meat. And the, the problem is the last hunting party was slaughtered by a claw strider, one that was deadlier than they've ever seen. So we know where this is going. And uh, Shale says they can't risk more hunters until the claw strider is gone. But without the meat, the Utaro grow leaner every day. And she tells Aloy, without more food, the tribe can only hold out for another month, maybe two. And there is one survivor from the hunting party that you can speak to if you want. His name is Ven. And he's recovering with the healers. So that is optional. You do not have to talk to Ven. But we're going to talk to him anyway. Uh, but it uh, turns out Shale, uh, Shale uh, was at the meeting with the chorus. And she actually did want to help Aloy and Zoe. But she also didn't want to disfame publicly. Uh, she says she has to work with him closely. And she apologized to Aloy. And, you know, she definitely disagrees with Fane's stance on doing nothing and dying. I will mm-hmm. say that. She definitely is. She's definitely team life, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and she says that Fane actually fought her idea to send hunters to the old growth. And now she's worried that the death of the hunting party will be used against her. Uh, so, but yeah, I mean, that's how, I mean, Fane didn't even want to go. He didn't even want to go get food. He's like, don't you understand? We are in decay mode. <laughs> what, what, like, why are you trying to fight this? Let's just die. Ready, <laughs> to, ready to become part of the earth. Exactly. So. Uh, but um, Shale, she asks Aloy if she can destroy the machine. She's like, well, she, yeah, I've, hun- I've handled some tough ones before. And then she also asks if she can bring the seed pouches back. Um, you know, because every time they talk about the seed pouches, it's like the first time they're talking about it. I was going to say that because my first, my first quest finding out about this was the River Him one. Yeah. And then I did the promissory and then the old growth. And like every time Aloy's like, why the seed pouches? I'm like, bro, we just, it was 10 <laughs> seconds ago. Come on. Yeah. I, I do wish they would have put it in some type of conversational option or maybe have a more dynamic conversation for like once you've triggered that 
explanation they mm-hmm. won't bring it up in dialogue anymore but yeah. they keep bringing it up you know yeah like really important to the families like yes i get it it's important to the families it's fine if they bring it up and say it's important and then aloy's like oh yeah i already know like uh, just like go quick like oh yeah i know and yes, then that's it exactly <laughs> i mean i mean they make other considerations for like you know conversations that you had like extra yeah. dialogue from the guy in river him i can't remember his name right now if you talk to Zoe before you do that quest, like, mm-hmm. so I don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it's easy, but it'll be nice. Okay. Yeah. It'll like be, if you do nice. like other, I don't know about the salvage, like the, those things. Cause I didn't do them, but like, I know with the melee pits, they're like, Oh, you already did this one. Like they know which ones you've done in that instance. Right. Yeah. So it's, they already did it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you can either go, to the location like to the old growth or you could go talk to Ven and that's what I did I went and go talk to Ven you can ask him about the incident and he said they want to hunt boar at the old growth and they clear out the machines just like they normally do and at this point they had done it a dozen times which I think it's important that he said that uh, and I'll get back to that and then at this time you know this time after they cleared the machines they heard a roar and then he was like, you know, he did, he barely even saw it. Like he says, it was all claws and tails. You know, it sounds like a horror story. Uh, and he says the claw strider ripped through three of their hunters. Even though it sounds like he was saying like the claw strider killed three hunters like right there. Mm-hmm. But that's not true. Like when you actually do the quest, like the hunters are spread out. So there was a little time for them to run. Maybe they zigged when they should have zagged. And uh, <laughs> the, the claw strider got him. Uh, but, it, you know, it came at him and it slashed his shoulder. And when this disappointed me a little bit because they couldn't even be bothered to put a bandage on this on this model's arm. Like, it's like, oh, it slashed me on my shoulder. And I look at his shoulder. His shoulder is perfectly fine. I didn't even notice, dude, because I was so focused on this poor dude's haircut. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like the whole time he was talking, he's like, I'm so upset. I was like, I don't uh, at this point, I wouldn't even care about my friends. I would care about my haircut. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I, you know, I was actually distracted by the way his mouth moved. I don't know. Like it was a we- it was weird. Like he showed a lot of teeth when he talked. I don't think they rigged yeah. him talking the way they rigged a lot of the other characters. Uh, you know, but like I don't know, like I don't know if they'd use a different technique or if they or if the person who did his like you know his his mouth movements didn't have like the proper bone structure for the face that they put on him because <laughs> it was very like people don't they don't move their faces like that when they talk. That's I one thing I did notice. Did have a couple of awkward mouth mouthing mouth movements yeah. throughout <laughs> the game, so. Yeah, I mean, I, when I played through the game, which obviously was early on, there were definitely a lot of animation issues. Mm-hmm. Nothing that was, like, ruining the game, but I'm like, eh, that's kind of odd. Uh, maybe they yeah. patched them at this point. So when I do my new game plus at some point playing this game, uh, I'll, I'll be like, oh, they fixed that. They fixed this. How nice. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so. But, yeah, couldn't even be bothered to put a bandage on my man's arm. Uh, he says he only survived because his friend Lau was able to distract the claw strider and get him away from it. Uh, so the claw strider followed Lau into the street, into the trees. The last thing he heard was Lau tell him to run, and he did. Uh, and so we don't get a confirmation on Lau's death. He could still be alive, but there's been plenty of times in this game where there's like, oh, we haven't heard from this person. Oh, turns out they died. You know. I always feel know. like. And this was my assumption every time I went into a quest and I hear something like in this instant, 
he's like, oh, he's going to be dead. I'm like, he's probably alive. But anytime they're like, oh, go see if these people are still alive. Like they're always dead. Like that's how right. it works. <laughs> there is there is one quest where they 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 send you to find somebody that got picked up by like a storm bird or something like that. <laughs> And they don't even mince. They're like, yeah, they're pretty, like, they just want the armor back. That's all they asked for because they already <laughs> knew this person was dead. <laughs> I was like, wow, like, yeah, just get the armor back. I'm like, hmm, that's interesting because usually they do word it like, oh, this person's going to be dead. Can you retrieve their body or something like that? Yeah. Like, yeah, just, just bring his armor back, please. Like, <laughs> there's, there's, there's no way. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, so. Uh, but uh, he said he was halfway to Plain Song before he realized he left Lau to die, and he actually says that Lau was his oldest friend. But uh, I guess survival does things to you, <laughs> you know. Yep, fight or flight. Exactly. Uh, so when he when describing the machine, he said it was much stronger than normal than a normal Clostrider, and he also said that the armor was darker and had a purple glow. The Hephaestus special. So. And this actually lines up with what we read in the Zero Dawn comic, right? That the Apex machines show up. Well, a couple things, right? That the Apex machines have dark armor. They have the perfect glow. But also that the Apex machines kind of show up after a lot of machines have been killed in an Mm -hmm. area. So I was going to say, I think we had a problem with the comic because it said just like black armor. It didn't say anything about like the purple glow. But they were probably still kind of <laughs> figuring things out. But I never even looked at the color of the armor to confirm. I'm still watching gameplay and I keep forgetting to look <laughs> at the color of the armor. All I can see is the purple glow. And I'm like, oh, that's Apex. I don't even notice the color of the armor. So I was going to bring it up later, but we we're just talking about now. Uh, the Claw Strata they're talking about does have dark armor. It actually does. It is the only Apex... Uh... Uh, machine in the game that I've seen or that 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 I've seen so far like going through my playthrough again that actually has dark armor I didn't read the comic before I played the game I wouldn't even Mm -hmm. noticed you Mm -hmm. know but now after reading the comic I'm looking so for example when I when I killed the two apex uh scrappers I think uh when I was getting the the not the satellite thing but the picture thing for Gaia in the Gaia dome uh, survey drone. There we go. I was in the drone. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was getting the survey drone. Those two apex uh, scrappers did not have dark armor. Had the purple glow, but not the dark mm-hmm. armor. But this claw strider has dark armor, so it it's the only one. And uh, now, since I'm looking through my playthrough again, I'm I'm gonna be no, like trying to you know uh, pay attention more to that. But so far, it's the first one that's actually had dark armor Hmm. so um the thing that i wish though right the claw striders are are mountable i just don't think you can mount them yet because we don't have the override for it but claw striders are mountable it would be so cool to have a mountable dark claw strider (laughs) you know like dark armor what if we do like saints row where where you can like get your ride and then like paint it have like different yeah, paint jobs cool. on it yeah that would be cool like yeah or like 
even maybe treating like your uh, your mounts like Pokemon. You know what I'm saying? Like this is like you know this is a special one. <laughs> you know, so you specifically want to go out to this area and get this very specific like type of mount or something like that. You know? Yeah, the shiny claw strider. Yeah, the, sh- yeah, yeah, the shiny claw strider. So, uh, so yeah. Um, like I said, this is that the that, that's what after reading the Zero Dawn comic, that's what really struck me about this going through it again is that it's the only one so far that actually matches what we saw in the zero dawn comic and also keeping the zero dawn in mind with the zero dawn comic the only apex one we saw with the dark armor was also a claw strider Mm -hmm. you know Aloy mentioned that the apex machines had dark armor but the only one that we saw with dark armor was actually a claw strider so uh but uh, yeah Aloy she makes her way to the old growth Starts looking for the seed pouches, and the old growth is clearly in Utaro Village that was abandoned. I'm sure when they were running away from something, you know, so that's that it, it, it hasn't been kept up. Uh, there are scrappers and burrows around, probably cleaning up the scrap the hunters left behind. Uh, she finds one of the hunters' bodies, but you got to clear out the machines first to get the pouch. And then after you get the first seed pouch, you can track uh, the tracks or fo- yeah, use the focus to track the claw stratter. And along the way, she'll find the other hunter buys. Like I said, they're kind of spread out. So my favorite part of this, when you're finding the the bodies, is she's like, "Oh, he died when the claw strider cat caught him," or something along those lines. And I'm like, "Yeah, no duh. Like how else did he just <laughs> tripped and hit his head on a rock? Like duh." <laughs> yeah, he just he just he just died from all the excitement. Yeah, being chased by a claw strider. <laughs> Uh, but the, for me, I think I hit a bug because the tracks actually stopped showing up and I had to find the trail myself. No, like the that tracks happens. Just working. Oh yeah. So I couldn't find the tracks at first and then I finally found them. And then like around, kind of around a river, they just like disappeared. And yeah, then exactly. I had to cross the, the river and go a little bit further and they picked back up. Yeah. But the thing is like those just, there was like a there was like a river, a break, and then a river again. Like, a, but the the tracks were in the first river. That's that's mm-hmm. why I just I just thought maybe it was a bug or something like that. It could have been like universal bug, not just like with you, right? Yeah, there's, there's quite a few bugs that I've ran into. So, yeah. So along the way, Aloy finds some residue. It's like a a, a sticky like tree sap, and she's like, "Oh, this might be from a weapon." But the thing is, she found the sap on the root of a tree. So that would have been my first, <laughs> my first, like, oh, it's tree sap. Okay. Right. Uh, but she's like, no, this is a weapon, you know. So, but she's just foreshadowing what she sees. And the further you go, the more residue she finds. And uh, yeah, I will say it actually turns out claw striders are pretty good at climbing because you have to go up these elevations and the claw striders tracks just jump, 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 jump. You know, it gets up there, man. So. I mean, they have these really long claws, I would assume. But you would think that the it would be more shredded. Exactly. And on top of that, like, I, well, I guess if they're if the claws are going into the rock. Yeah. Because yeah. like, we're talking about like rock faces that, that this thing is climbing up. So but eventually you do get to an area where there are like three sky drifters watching a crack on a cliff. And it's curious. So, of course, Aloy is like, oh, let me kill these three machines, see what they're looking at. And our boy Lau is in there. He's alive. That's how he's doing, you know. I actually had a problem speaking of bugs is the sky drifters. First off, I fell off the mountain while fighting one of them. Wow. Uh. But the third one I went to kill, it was sitting on top of the mountain. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to frost because I was frosting them, shooting their tails off and then 
doing the the lightning to make them blow up like very easy kills so I started shooting it, frost it. I start trying to shoot its tail and it's just like not moving. Like it's aggroed, but it's not moving. And I finally kill it and it's just sitting there like standing up, like turning its head still and I loot it and everything. It just, it got stuck on the top of the mountain. Really? Yeah. Yeah, there's some, <laughs> yeah, yeah, this happens. Actually, in the, I think in the next quest that we talk about, the next animal we talk about, I think we both had the same exact issue with an enemy mm-hmm. not being where it was supposed to be. So we'll get into that. Uh, but um, yeah, so Lau comes out. He thanks Aloy for helping with the machines. He's surprised to hear that Aloy is hunting the Claw Strider. And she says she's going to try to pick up a trail, but no need because the Claw Strider just comes back. <laughs> like it just comes back into the area. Uh, so her and Lau hide and cover and yeah, this gives you an opportunity to scan it if you want to, but I don't think it has anything additional on it. Just tells you that's an apex, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It just tells you that's an apex claw strider. Um, now that I think about it, I, I, I'm sorry, random thought, but like the claw striders we saw when running away from the dishes, like when, it, when the dishes were under attack. Those did not have dark armor. Those were regular claw striders, like with purple glows. Did they have purple glows? They did have purple glows. It might have been because that cauldron specifically, like Hephaestus, was like more chilling in it. Because you saw the cauldrons in Zero Dawn where they were still spitting out machines, but the one that he was like actually chilling in in yeah. Forbidden uh, Frozen Wilds, those were doing purple machines. Uh, well, yeah, so the the ones that you have to fight right, like I just pulled up the video real quick, but the ones that you have to fight right before you go into the cave, those did not have dark armor. Uh, so those did not have purple. They were not apex. Those were regular. But the ones okay. that we run past in the fields, those are definitely apex and they do not have dark armor. They have oh. light armor. Yeah. Oh, hold on a second. I'm looking at some burrowers. Like the bur- I have to look at what the bur- normal burrower armor looks like because I'm passing some burrowers right now, and they have dark armor too. Maybe they all do then. Oh no! Time to pull. Well, like I said, the the, the, the claw striders. I, okay, yeah, I'm looking at a burrower right now, and it's all dark. But the claw striders that are apex do not have dark armor. So just the one. Yeah, it's like random. Maybe. Do we we don't ever have an instance in the game where like we'll keep killing burrowers and then like an apex actually, one will come out, right? Actually, I'm looking at a picture of a burrower now and the burrower's armor is always dark. That's why. Okay. <laughs> okay. Nope. Okay. Was, nope. So I ain't going to pass. <laughs> I was going to say because maybe there is a difference between like standard ape because sometimes there's like just apex ones in the wilds in their nest. So, yeah. like, maybe there was a difference between an apex one and then one that was an apex, but it came out because you were killing a lot of them. But no. Mm, yeah, I don't know. I, th- I thought the whole point of the apex uh, machines was because you were killing them or because they, like, machines are being killed. That's what they kind of tell us, you know. that the, the Yeah, but that doesn't make sense because then you run into, like, apex large machine, like, insert large machine here in the wild before you even fight them. I guess other people in the world would be fighting them, but... Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, like, you know, in the comic book, those hunters had been farming those machines, and then the claw strider comes out. These hunters were not farming, but clearing out an area multiple times, and so a apex came out. Uh, 
so yeah, I, I got excited for a second there. I was like, oh, they are doing the dark armor. And I was like, no, no, they're, they're no. always dark. Yeah, <laughs> the burrowers are always dark. So nope, never mind. Boo. That's a bad one. That, yeah, boo. Uh, good, uh, cool idea, though. But uh, sorry about that. I just totally took us on a tangent, you know, for <laughs> took us on a ride for no reason. Um, but yeah, so you can scan this uh, this claw strap. I don't think there's anything additional on it. But this is when I actually really noticed that the armor was dark because I didn't take too much notice to it as it was walking walking toward me. But as I'm scanning it or I'm watching me play the game and scan it and take a look at it, I'm like, oh, it actually has like dark armor. That's pretty cool. Uh, unfortunately for this claw strider, when I did this quest, I was level 35. This is a level 18 quest. Dude, okay, but like <laughs> I was around level 18 because I did the where we are in the story, basically turned around and and did this quest. So I was like a lower level, maybe like 20. I don't know. This thing was so easy to kill. Like, I don't know what it was. Even the the ones that I fought before, like going to the cauldron, those are really tough to fight. It could have just been because I had like two frames because like my PlayStation was lagging. But (laughs) this one was so easy to fight. Could it possibly be the adhesive that WoW was like shooting at it? It maybe. Yeah, because the adhesive keeps it in place. It was so just, it doesn't move, it doesn't jump around that much. So maybe that's why. Possibly, I was just frosting it and shooting its tail, like the entire time. Oh, you were frosting it. Yeah, I guess yeah. You want to do the more damage because the adhesive just keeps it from moving. So yeah, I was frosting it so I could get the tail. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Those. Uh, that's a. That's a. Not an epic item. That's a legendary item, isn't it? I'm pretty sure that's like the claw strike tails are legendary. It was kind of around that point when I realized tails were very important. So I was just frosting <laughs> and shooting the tail off of any everything. Tail, yeah. yeah. That is true. Yeah. It, almost any type of tail, like the roller. Oh, yeah, you're right. Rollerback tails, the um, Thunder even Sky Drifter tails, tails. Sky Drifter tails. Yeah. Yeah. So. So yeah, either way, I mean, I I picked this claw shot clean. Like I just I took everything off of it and then killed it, and it was super easy. Cause like I, said, I was level thirty five when I did this quest. I actually ended up I, I I how did I find out about this quest? Actually, no, this is we, there was another quest that you get in the Tanakh Desert territory, and it brought me back here. So oh, it brought, see, me, it brought me it brought me back to Plain Song. I just found both of those quests just being in Plain Song. Yeah, like so there was a quest in Bloom, which we'll talk about eventually. Mm-hmm. Brought me back to the dishes. And when I got back to the dishes, both the promontory and the old growth were available to me. And a tribe apart, which we're gonna talk about this episode. But I actually got that quest from a rumor person. I got so. that quest off of a rumor or two, but in the dishes. Like the one at the campfire right there. Right, yeah, exactly. Uh, you can also get that quest. Well, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it when we get there. But um, yeah, it, I think it'd be nice if Apex Machines had more exclusive parts. Yeah, because right now they're just more. It's kind of like they're just a bit more difficult to fight, and they do more damage. They do have Apex Hearts, so they'll have like an Apex Claw Strider Heart, but it's not a guaranteed drop. Is it know? just uh, the the hearts though? You just sell them, right? Yeah, you can sell them for money. That's the problem I had in this game is like everything that you found in the last game was like a meaningful and valuable. And then I feel like everything you find in this game is just loot to sell. Yeah. Like you didn't and actually. 
Yeah, I'm not sure if the hearts are used in any armor or anything like that. Because usually it's the other stuff that's in the armor. It's the, like the other tails. stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. The, <laughs> the tail is in the armor. Because so. I, I made a comment while I was playing, too, when I was selling things. I went from, like, 3,000 shards to 9,000 shards in, like, just one, halt, like, selling thing. Because I forgot to sell things for a while. Like, I was I was pretty well off in the right, game. Yeah. But I made a comment then where I was just like, oh, I guess hearts are just, you know, sellable items. Yeah. I would. Have, I can't remember what it says next to it. Like I guess it just says sellable item next to it. So yeah, it's in that part of the. Um, it's, it's not a crafting pack. item at all. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So after the fight, Aloy lets Lau know that Vin thinks he's dead, and he's glad that Vin made it back alive. He says that Vin repaid the favor by sending Aloy to save him. That's not true. Shell sent Aloy to save you, not Vin. <laughs> you know, Vin was like sobbing down by the uh, by the healers about his. Uh, <laughs> quote unquote scarred shoulder you know or and or not about shoulder. his haircut and, yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah so lao gives aloy his adhesive blasting after she talks about how useful it was and i actually did not use that blasting i never used it like single items like blastlings or even arrows that had single items on it like after the beginning of the game because this is the only stuff you can get i'd never really used stuff like that Mm-hmm. I didn't really start using adhesive until later against flying machines, especially stormbirds. I think that's the really the first time I start using it when I had to fight a stormbird, and I actually used it by accident. Like I fired off this adhesive so fast because it was one of the options on my sling. I selected the wrong one, and I just let off a volley of a bunch of them, and the stormbird got sticky. And it couldn't fly anymore. And I was like, oh, yeah, I didn't even think about that. I mean, have you ever, like, have you ever hit a Stormbird with adhesive? So, probably the same Stormbird that you were fighting, you told me to use adhesive at that point. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's a thing that I have. But it was like a one and done. That's the only time I used it. Nah, well, there's at least two Stormbirds that I can recall uh, that you fight. And the one that I'm th- like, I'm thinking of like the first one, maybe it's three. It might be three. And, and um, yeah, because I think there's one where you fight a Stormbird and a Thunderjaw at the, like in the same, same space, I think. I can't remember if that's Horizon Zero Dawn or Forbidden West, honestly. I, can't I honestly it. feel like that's Zero Dawn. That might be Zero Dawn. Well, and so that would be, that would be, then there's two that I know for sure you fight in Forbidden West. I guess the, the the point I'm trying to make is that if you <laughs> stick a stormbird, right? If you hit them with adhesive and you get them stuck, they turn into big chickens. That's they turn into big chickens because they just they can't flap their wings, they can't fly, and so they just hop around and try to peck you. I remember the second one now. I don't remember what I did in that fight. I struggled because I probably didn't use the adhesive. Yeah, like so. <laughs> The first one, yeah, like th- those are like the first. Like, I'm trying to think, like I, 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 because uh, there's an area of the map that we have. Well, actually, we haven't been to a lot of the map yet, but there's an area of the map south that you fight one for sure, and there's an area of the map very north that you fight one. I could have swore there was one that you fought in either the desert territory or maybe somewhere in the like in the jungle territory a little bit. I, I have to. I, I'm gonna look through the gameplay eventually, but. Either way, 
sticking the uh the, the stormbirds is really fun like i should say it's fun it's funny because like <laughs> i said they they like it's just big massive machines stormbirds are supposed to be uh, you know a big threat <laughs> you know uh and you basically take away almost all of their agency all of their abilities by hitting them with the adhesive because they can't they can't fly they can't flap they can't do anything except hop and peck <laughs> that is it so i would recommend it if you're ever running into trouble with a stormbird there's definitely one where um you're kind of fighting it on the side of a mountain and it kind of has all the advantage because the area is not that large. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, st- stick that guy and get him on the ground. That's when I make used it a fair it. fight. And yeah, make it a fair fight. The birds in this game are frustrating because they fly up and then they just disappear. Like all of the birds. Like you, you look up and everything and they're gone. You're like, where are they? Well, after I hit the storm bird, I actually start using the, the, the adhesive more on regular uh, birds because they'd be sitting there and you, I, you get a sling that you eventually get to the point where you hit them like once and they're stuck and now they're just on the ground they also can't do anything they 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 can't use their weapons they can't like the, the sky drifters can't do that thing where they jump and you know shoot the razor blades and stuff like that like they can't do it the sky drifters became a non-issue though once i like started doing the frost tail blow up combo like it took five seconds to kill them Right. But was it as fun as watching them jump around like chickens? <laughs> I don't know. Probably not. Right. <laughs> uh, so Aloy reports back that the Claw Rider is dead and gives Shell the seed pouches. She tells you that Lau and Ven are in th- at the grove, which I had no idea where the grove was. No clue where the grove was. Like, I, it's in the dish area. It's like in the dishes. Like, she said they're in the grove. Wait, that's where it is? Okay, well, you said the Grove. I thought of somewhere else. The, probably Memorial Grove. Not yes. the Memorial Grove. No. <laughs> They're not in the Memorial Grove. It's in the Grove in the dishes. And it's basically like an area of the dishes where there's like oh, like water. It's like a pond or something like that there. It's like people are, people are kind of there. They got their feet in the pool, stuff like that. And um, yeah, that's where you have to go. And the dialogue is basically just they both say thank you. Ben says he wouldn't have been able to live with himself, uh, live with the guilt of leaving Lao to die. And it's I mean, you not did, necessary. But, okay. Yeah. I mean, I, and I get it because talking to Ven in general is optional. You could have just totally not talked to Ven, went and found Lao, took his adhesive sling, and then just went about your business, <laughs> you know? What so. is... I wonder what Lao says if you don't talk to Vin first because he was like, oh, he paid me back by sending you to come get me. Yeah, he probably says, thanks. Here's my sling. <laughs> Happy to be alive. <laughs> so that, that's what I would say. <laughs> but Same. Oh, uh, yeah, but that's, that's the end of that quest or the end of that errand. Uh, so let's move on to A Tribe Apart. The side quest this is really the first if you go in order, I think this is really the first side quest where you really deal with the talk. If you don't count the embassy, you know, if you don't count the embassy, if you count like just being out in the world, because yeah, I'm pretty sure this is it. This is the first. This is the first one. It's like this is this quest is what level eighteen or is it fifteen? It's fifteen. It's fifteen. I didn't find yeah. this until a lot later. Oh yeah, absolutely. I did not find this quest until I guess I, I, I got told by a rumor late in the game like i was like i was already level 35 when i did this quest it wasn't that late 
I, it was, it was in between the point of me like actually knowing how to use the shredder gauntlet, but before I started using acid on everything. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah, I, 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 I just came back just to clean it up, kind of. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah. So this this quest is called the Tribe Apart, and um, if you talk to the rumor, the rumor giver, they talk about a group of Tanakh that's in a cave south of, oh, sorry, close of Stone's Echo, and something has happened, but they don't know what's actually happened. Alternatively, like I mentioned earlier, you can get this quest from this guy named Jax, who is outside of Stone's Echo which I don't recall seeing him there. That's why I didn't get the quest. But if you get it from him, he tells you about the same group, but he escorts you to the cave that they're in. And if you don't talk to Jax he, at Stone's Echo, he's just out in front of the cave. Like he just kinda, he's just kind of standing there and just flags you down as you're running by. A little awkward, but yeah. Yeah, Outlander. You know how they do that <laughs> thing. Like, <laughs> you know, so. Uh, but he tells Aloy that uh, he thinks... There's a group of Tanakh in the cave. He thinks they're, they're in trouble and that one is injured and he wants to help them. But he says with the Tanakh, any offer of help may be perceived as an insult. And he wants Aloy to back him up. And he says that with, you know, he saw her speak before the chorus and that she can be persuasive. And that if that fails and things go south, he says he'll be like, you know, she'll be a strong, uh, you know, a strong ally. You know, like, he'll be stronger with her at his side. So he's like, yo, just in case this goes south and we need to kill somebody, I'm going to need your help, basically. And uh, Aloy agrees to help. Uh, so the one thing I will say about this quest is that it does paint kind of a harsh picture of the Tanakh. Mm-hmm. But I think if you have already gone into the Tanakh territory and dealt with the Tanakh, especially Hikaru, it falls a little flat. I agree. Because they're not as barbaric as, um, you know, the especially the Karja would have you think. <laughs> you know. Right. Yeah, they were very delightful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, even before, even before you get to Hikaru and stuff like that. Like, so my first real run into them, and I'll dive into this in the, like maybe the next episode, episode after that. My first real run into them as a tribe is a side quest that you get once you kind of cross over. It's it's north, not in the snowy north, but it's like north of the desert ter- territory. And it's a side quest that you get where uh, one of their villages has been like flooded. And you go and talk to them, and they they sound like any other tribe, like the people yeah. who you're talking to. And then even when you get into the desert territory with the desert clan, who are pretty harsh, you know, people, um, when you talk to them, they're just like, "Hey, what's up?" <laughs> you know, kind of like, yeah. That was my first encounter with them before I went to that other one up north because I was just kind of exploring once I, you know, got into that area, and I was like, "Oh, they're pretty chill." Okay. Yeah. As long as you got that <laughs> knife on you, because they made they made it seem like, yo, if you don't have that knife, they're gonna kill you on sight. But I guess as long as you have the knife, you're fine. No, but like that she keeps that knife back at base. Like you go to base and you're like, oh, that's Fashov's knife that he gave me. Like you can see the little items that Aloy collects throughout her adventure. I would have to double check to make sure ah, crap. I, I to make sure you don't have it on you to a uh, certain extent. Oh, like in your key items or something? 
Well, like it's supposed to be on you because that's supposed to be your pass through the Tanakh territory. I don't know, dude. I was confused because when I was looking at Aloy's, you know, space, it was like, oh, that's the name Bashav gave me. Yeah, because you do get to a certain point with the Tanakh that they they know who you are, right? Yeah. Maybe it was after that point, but I feel like it was, uh, I don't don't know, so... But whatever. Yeah. Well, that's what the second like look through is for. Because hey, we just we just figured out why we can't uh, override machines the way we used to by going <laughs> back to the footage. So we'll find out. We'll find out. Uh, but yeah. So Aloy, she agrees to help. They enter the cave and are, uh, but as an air quotes, greeted by Sakura, uh, a Tanakh warrior, and she tells them that the cave belongs to Eagle Squad. And they need to leave or die. And my first thought was like, oh, you're not really into knock territory right now. Well, it took us to the no man's land, so it doesn't belong to anybody. Um, but Jack tells her that he is here. They're just there talking. He uses like a Tanakh parlay sign, which throws Sakura off guard a bit. So she lets them in. And uh, once Jax is inside, and to con- just to confirm, Jax is at least dressed as Nutaro. And we're going to get into that in a second. Uh, but once inside, Jax confirms that um, one of their members is injured, and he's blinded, actually. And he's like, oh, your training mission didn't go to plan. And there's another soldier there. I think his name is Retta. And he's like, oh, how do you know we were on a training mission? How does he know that? And then Sakura brings up the fact that he knew the parlay sign. And then Corey, I think it's, I think it's yeah, I think it's Corey is his name. That's how you pronounce it. Cor- uh, I was just saying Corey. Cor- I think Cor- it's Corey because she says his name once. It's like and- Corey, basically, but like Corey. Yeah, it's like Corey or Corey or something like that. And uh, the, he's the one that's actually blinded, but he's also the brother of Sakura. And he says that jo- Jax is neither Utaro or Tanakh, that he's a veteran. And they're like, oh, I thought all the veterans were dead or there weren't any more left. And so uh, this is where you find out about Tanakh veterans. And a veteran. It's one of the Tanakh that was traded to the Utaru in exchange for food as part of the treaty between the Tanakh and Utaru. And like I said, the group didn't think there were any veterans left. And when I checked into it, there are only two veterans in the game. Go ahead. So we learn about veterans from Zoe as well. And that's what she tells you. But then Jax tells us here that they started trading people because the Tanakh needed young warriors to go and fight. And the Utaru needed people to train their people how to fight. So they started just trading people back and forth as well, I guess, along with the crops. Well, that's the thing. Like, they, there's a like the what Zoe tells you and what he tells you conflicts, right? Yeah. First of all, I'm not sure if Zoe. So I don't know if Zoe actually does she call them vet, veterans? I don't, I don't know if she calls them veterans or not. I don't yes. know if she uses that term. She does say veteran. She like yes. calls them veterans. I have in the Zoe conversation that Utaru promised to provide them with food every year in exchange the Tanakh would relinquish one of their own, a veteran, to train the Utaru in combat. Okay. So the, the thing that conflicts is that, yeah, Zoe said that the Utaru gave food and the Tanakh gave shol- uh, soldiers to show the Utaru how to fight, right? But Jax says that the agreement was to give food to keep the peace, period. And then it only became an exchange of people when the Tanakh needed young warriors to fight into their in their clan battles. That is very specific because the Tanakh yeah. didn't just need soldiers in general because who are they fighting? Right. right. They were fighting they, each they, other. They were fighting each other. Yeah. So different Tanakh clans. And so I'm like, that gets a little 
that gets a little like um weird, doesn't it? It gets a little like uh complicated because like do you have to give food to each Tanakh clan if they're fighting each other? They're not coming to you as a group. Right. You know, the Tanakh aren't coming to you as a group if they're fighting each other. So do you have to give food to each Tanakh clan and then also give warriors to each Tanakh clan? Tanakh clan? Which then you're guaranteed that some of those warriors are going to die because they're fighting against each other. Exactly. Like, to me, that arrangement feels like a uh, a bit harsh or n- not in the Utaro's favor considering how peaceful they were, right? Like, you know, there is a benefit to the Utaro, but at the same time, they actually seem perfectly okay with not fighting so learning how to fight was that that important to them because it didn't make a difference when the Karja came when the Karja came the Utaro didn't fight they went into the dishes right see it was so fighting would make sense because of the derangement and like needing to fend off machines right so you need to have some kind of fighting knowledge in in that because the hunting party that they sent out They're not the greatest, but they already did like, what, 12 hunts before that, killing various machines. So they had to learn how to fight just for survival, just from machines. That's true. I almost feel like fighting machines and fighting people are different. Are are different, yes. You know, so like, you know, and on top of that, like now you're you're talking about society. They're giving up young Utaro to receive old Tanakh in exchange. Yeah. That's not a that's not a favorable trait in the Utaro's favor, right? Right. They're, they're sending young Utaro to die. Like you're guaranteeing guaranteeing the death of somebody, mm-hmm. you know. So it just doesn't it just doesn't seem like it's a good agreement. If they the would have the said if they would have said like it became an exchange of people during the Red Raids or something like that before they got pushed out, I think that would have made more sense, right? Yeah, the clan fights. Yeah, so like it, it actually it, it poses more questions than answers, right? You know, for the most part, yeah. But like you know, saying before, there it looks like there's only two veterans in the game itself. There's Jax, and then there's Zavera, who's the hunting groundskeeper for Plainsong. They're the only two veterans in the game. You could tell that they're veterans because they they have ta- oh. they have to knock tattoos on them. I she you know what I didn't realize she was a veteran, but she was the first person I met in Plainsong. Yeah, like she, like so, the yeah, the, like the 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 Tanakh veterans have Tanakh tattoos, but they're dressed in Utaru like leaves, essentially. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, I was confused because when I first started this quest, I didn't. The only veteran thing I heard of, I don't, I don't even know if I went back and talked to Zoe again at this point. So I had that conversation, or if it was just that one time in passing. So I was like. He looks like an Utaru, like he's dressed up like one, but he doesn't look like one. It didn't even hit my brain that he had like paint, <laughs> like yeah, he yeah, was tattoos. inked up. Yeah. So I can get you not noticing, but how come the other like Tanakh didn't notice didn't that this notice. guy has didn't have ass tattoos? Like, and how does know, he know about us? Like, because he was one of you. You <laughs> yeah, know what so. makes no, uh, also no sense to me is that like I feel like we already established that the Tanakhs paint their face every day. Like, they don't just have tattoos on their face. So he just wakes up living in Utaro land, painting his face every day. <laughs> like, how do you find all of that paint? I feel like it would be hard to get for an individual. That is true. They do paint their face. They have the tattoos on their body, but yeah, I'm pretty sure that's not tattoos on their face. I don't so. think so. Because when you said that you didn't think it was, if you look at it, it looks like face paint. It does not right. look like ink. Exactly. So... 
Uh, you do get details about their missions. They were on a machine hunt, which is something that a squad has to do before they get put on active duty. Uh, they tracked a claw strider that fled into a herd of bristlebacks. One of the bristlebacks charged Corey. Uh, he dodged it, but hit an acid container as it was passing. And I'm like, what were you using? An acid blade? You know, because, you know, <laughs> <laughs> those things work. But that's how he got blinded. And so Cora blames herself because she says she should have scouted ahead and spotted the herd. And Corey's like, oh, no, I should have spotted the canister. And I say, why not both? Yep. Why not both? Yep. You know? but they're just kids. Like, they're honestly just kids. So, like, they're doing, you know, stupid kid stuff. There is. A, you can ask uh, Jax about being a veteran and, you know, he'll explain that. Like we just talked about. Uh, and uh, Aloy, she asks what they need. And they say provisions. They want supplies from an old Karja outpost called Riverwatch. And they said there's a huge cache of war spoils there. When the Tanakh, they pushed the Karja out of the region, they gathered all of their loot and stored it there. And Jax is like, well, that area is really dangerous. Sakura does not care. Aloy says with their injuries, you know, it's too much. They should let her and Jax go. But Sakura refuses to let them go alone. And she goes with Aloy and Jax. So. They head toward the outpost. Sakura and Jax kind of have a conversation. Like, she says that once they get the supplies, everything will be fine. And Jack's like, if you say so. And Sakura's like, well, what does that mean? And he starts talking about Corey's condition. And Sakura tells him that's none of his concern. He's like, if you say so. Like, you know, he actually says, like, what actually, what exactly does he say? It's something close to it. So, uh, it was like, so you say. Was so you, so say. you say. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was so you say. Yeah. So. Uh, but they do make it to Riverwatch, which I got a little PTSD when you had to swim across that river. I was like, oh, no, not again. <laughs> Olympic Aloy <laughs> to the rescue. <laughs> I was I was so scared, though, because they have the wide malls kind of far away, but close right. enough. And I was close like, enough to draw them. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I think I'm good. And they're like pulling me across i think i'm okay but yeah no it, w it wasn't like swimming from meridian to like the other side of the ocean <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly uh so yeah so they they make it to river watch which if you get there at night the fires are still burning like somebody's lighting the fires there uh so but they do get there i'm not sure if you made it during the day or during the night but that's the first thing i noticed i'm like this place is supposed to be abandoned <laughs> The thing that happened to me here is this was actually the second time I was here. So after I got into No Man's Land and after I did the the Hades stuff, I was like, I'm going to go find all of the fire gleam places. So I was here. I actually there's a ladder up top that you can kick down and I kicked that down. Pointless because you you have to do the machines you have to fight the you machines you have to fight first. the machines yeah yeah so you go up there and they're like there's machines and i'm like ah and all the puzzles that i did up there reset i actually hopped on your stream one time while you were doing this and i had not done it yet so i immediately turned the stream off <laughs> <laughs> that's what i, I did whenever you three times i was in this place three times actually that's what I did. Every time I got on your stream and you were someplace that I didn't recognize off like just, <laughs> just immediately just turned it off. Uh, so but uh, yeah, you're right. So there are some machines there. There are a few burrowers and some glint hawks uh, in the area that you have to take down. Uh, Jackson's core, they're kind of bickering with each other. Like Jackson's it's more like Jax is poking at her a little mm -hmm. bit, you know, uh, but she keeps talking about him being old and washed up. So, you know, it's going both ways. And so, uh, so, of course, she does point out where the cache is. 
and which is up on top of the keep. And she admits that it's up higher than she thought. So Jax is like, oh, it's a deadly climb the Eagle Squad. <laughs> you know, like I said, he's poking at her. And to get them to shut up, Aloy says she'll climb it. So she tells Sakura to come up. Oh, so, so Jax tells Sakura to come with him so they can salvage the machine part. And she's like, well, what does a farmer know about Savage? Like, don't you get it? He used to be Tanakh. <laughs> like, you know, he, he has a lot of information, <laughs> you know? Yeah, she's just she was just like a stubborn kid who didn't want to admit her faults. Like, I guess I get it. Yeah, that trope. Of course, we all get it because it's a trope. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? That's that's true. Yeah. So, but he does have a good comeback. He says, like, she's like, well, you know, what do you know about salvage? And he's like, only decades of experience compared to your brief existence. And she just shuts <laughs> up and goes. <laughs> I'm like, so that was a pretty good one. Uh, but Aloy, she's able to break down a wall, get into the outpost. And this is a pretty tr- tr- simple traversal trouble. You break a wall here. You move a couple boxes. You get to the highest point in the guard tower. And then Aloy reaches the cache and quickly realizes the supplies won't last very long. And right after that, she sees a wide paw chasing Sakura. And she chases after. So I watch my footage back at like two times speed. Uh-huh. And watching that cutscene was hilarious. <laughs> like, like watching her get chased by a hippo, <laughs> it was really funny. Uh, so she chased us after, and when she gets there, there's a wide maw as well as leap lashers. Notice the the plural there. Uh, but there was a bug with one of the leap lashers where it got caught in a bush. Like, so I killed the wide maw, killed the leap lasher. And then the music is still going it's on. Still going. And they're like, act, they're just standing in the middle too. Like they're not yeah. even like going after it or anything. They're just standing in the middle. And I'm like, exactly. What? <laughs> exactly. So yeah, like I had to go find it and kill it. And then you can, once you find it and kill it, you can go back to those two. And when you get back, Jax is actually um, complimenting Sakura on her fighting skill. And Aloy gives Sakura what she found and says it's only about a day's worth of food and some medicinal supplies. And Sakura is surprised and she kind of expected more. But Jax figures out that she never actually planned to return home. And according to Jax, since Corey is blind now, the Tanakh will essentially sentence him to death. And this is what I was talking about, like how they're making the Tanakh seem really, really harsh. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, they're going to give him a trial by machine combat which he's probably going to lose because he's blind. And uh, she was going to use the supplies just to basically get them started in the wild so they wouldn't have to go back. But, you know, that's the, it, this kind of falls flat here because at this point, I already knew the Desert Clan, got their leader instated, met Hikaro. He talked about uniting all Tanakh. You know, he's, he wants, you know, he wants to improve the Tanakh lifestyle. Like, you know, he, he was a progressive leader, you know, and, you know, the, the, the jerk, the one jerk that I've met so far, you know, you kind of like cut him down to size already, you know? Right. Right. That it, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't, it doesn't make sense. Like, you know, it's like from a lore perspective and what the cards should tell you about the Tanakh, it makes Mm -hmm. like perfect sense. But when you actually meet the Tanakh, it's like very like, oh, these guys aren't savages at all. Like, you know, so. <laughs> well, they're not barbarians at all. It's the Nora that are savages. Right, right, so right. Keep in mind, the difference between a savage and a barbarian is that you respect one, you don't respect the other. <laughs> that, that, that is, that, that according to the cards, we're using cards of rules here. So, but uh, yeah, like, 
that's why it kind of falls flat because they, they like I mean they constantly talk about how harsh this Tanakh lifestyle is, and with the Desert Clan, it definitely is more harsh than normal. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then, then you know, I would say it's the harshest out of the three clans that you've seen. You know, uh, but that's the yeah. thing is all of their acts of harshness are through stories. Yes, you don't actually see it. Yeah. You don't actually see it. So, except with, actually not even with Regala. Like, you don't see it. Like, Regala just really, really disagrees with Hakara wanting to make nice, nice with the Karja. Right. <laughs> That's what she disagrees with. Uh, you know, she'd probably still be backing him if he didn't want to, like, not ally, but at least make amends with the Karja. So, and she gives her, later on, she does give her reasons for that. Like, she does explain her side. Uh, so... Uh, yeah, Aloy asks if Corey, uh, you know, if they can stay in plain song, Corey and her team, well, not Corey and her, but Corey and her team can stay in plain song. And Jack's like, there's already too many mouths to feed. There's no way the chorus is going to say, okay, you know. But hey, how do you know that? The chorus might be like, oh, more people will die faster. Dude. Like, this is going to work. <laughs> you know, this, this will work out. Anytime <laughs> someone brought up the chorus, I was just like, forget <laughs> the chorus. <laughs> Maybe in a little bit more harsh words, but like, I, I was just so fed up. They're like, oh, the chorus won't like that. Who cares? Like, man, I hate the chorus. Yeah. You know what? I dislike the chorus more than I disliked Buadis. Dude, like, <laughs> the chorus the chorus is more harsh than the Tanakh. That is true. <laughs> like, oh, this is the way. Their people. <laughs> Let's just die. Like that <laughs> <laughs> yeah, is true. They are actually more hardcore than the Tanakh. So uh but yeah, so Jax is like, no, no can do. And so uh, you know, they meet back at the cave. So Cora says she's gonna tell everybody the truth. That they are going to have to survive in the wilds. And Jax is like, yeah, that's a hard life. But she says that it's better than letting Corey go back and be killed. Uh, so, and I, they don't really talk about the reactions of the other Tanakh either, right? Of the other, like, people in that squad. I think it would have hit a bit harder if the other people in the squad were just like, oh, he's blind. Like, either take him back to, to have his trial or just leave him. But that yeah. wasn't the case. They stayed. That wasn't the case. You know. Well, they probably stayed because they were they were equal squad. E- equal? Eagle squad. Sorry. Right. Yeah. But they know how the game works. You know what I'm saying? They're like, oh, man. Maybe. This guy's damaged goods. You know, but they're not doing that. They're sticking by his side. I mean, maybe they made their eagle squad up, you know, long before. And they were friends for a very long time. Yeah. But still, that's not harsh. (laughs) You know, know, so I'm trying to give them some validation to this harshness. But uh, so, so Corey, she does go inside, tell them the truth. And Corey's like, oh, just leave me behind, you know, because he he doesn't want them to die because of her. But she refuses. So Aloy asks Jax, like, hey, what if Corey just stayed in play song? And Corey doesn't like that idea, but she doesn't have much of a choice. And Jax is like, well, if I share my rations with him, then he could probably I can convince the chorus to let him stay. And then Corey is able to convince Sakura to get with the program. And uh, yeah, so they agree. Corey is going to go with Jax. And uh, Jax is actually going to help them pack and go back to Tanakh territory. But Corey is going to come with him. And he says, uh, thanks, Aloy, for himself and them. So, okay, I have a couple questions now that this quest is, is done. 
what so okay hold on maybe not all questions but because of him being a veteran in plain song maybe he is the one that taught them how to cook meat also if he knows how to hunt why doesn't he just go out and kill his own boars that is true <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't need to split his rations at all that is true like he, he could i mean you're right like he could have talked to Tanakh how to cook the meat now that they're desperate for it you know yeah that is true. Okay, there you go. You plugging up that one loophole for him. But then, too, also, yeah, he could literally just he go could just and go out and yeah, get his I own pass boar. like ten boars on the way to the <laughs> exactly. Well, get a little fancy. Go kill a goose. Yeah, you know? <laughs> have some goose. I hear it's like you know greasy. So. Oh, it sounds appealing. <laughs> yeah, appetizing. Yeah. So, uh, but this is something different, you know. But yeah, you're right. He, he could. I mean, having it's not veterans around uh, there's a there's a uh, there's a gorilla games writer listen just like up oh, there it is check that one <laughs> off the box thanks christina they got yeah. us the override thing now we got yeah. the meat thing yeah <laughs> yeah absolutely so but yeah that is the end of this this quest and i think for now like this is the, the end of what we're going to be talking about in the plain song no man's land everything east of the base we will be back here at least two more times that I can think of. We're going to be back and we're going to be back and playing song at least once and back in no man's land a second time uh, a little later after we get an item that we need to complete a quest. But yeah, I mean, so now we're going to be heading further west. We're going to be pushing into Tanakh territory. Going to be easing in there because we're going to be a little bit north of the desert clan, meeting some desert clan members and some help that need some help and uh, dealing with some salvagers. And that bug salvage quest it took him a month to fix that bug, and I will be talking about it. See, so. I didn't, I didn't do them, so that one's all you. Yeah, like I will, I will definitely talk about it. It irritated me logging into the game every day and seeing that I could not complete that quest. Like I was like, yeah, Oof. this is, this sucks. But uh, yeah, Christina, tell me how you feeling right now with with the progress. It's weird because at this point of the game, I'm in two completely different mindsets. So the first quest, I'm like frosting everything and killing it through that, that and maybe throwing the shredder gauntlet, but like not catching it. And then that second quest, I'm just like, ha, ultimate frisbee. Let's go play some. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go play some wing jammers. Wind jammers. Yeah, there we go. Wind jammers. Yeah. Yeah. So I think this is where I'm getting more comfortable and having so much fun with the different types of, of battling you can do. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I am finally looking forward to, to push into Tanakh Theater because I think, I mean, out of all the tribes in this game, the Tanakh is the most interesting. They were definitely, like, they, they really built them up to be this harsh and rough people. Mm-hmm. And then you get there and it is just is not what you would expect. You know, it, it, it's yeah. definitely different. I was like, oh, these guys are normal. Kind of. <laughs> you know, kind of sort of normal. Uh, so, yeah, that was actually pretty nice. And it does get us closer to moving forward with the story. Uh, hopefully everybody is still sticking with us here. There's just there's just so much side questing and activities between the base and uh, where the next story point is, you know. Yeah. Especially because. The, the the way these these main missions go, these main quests kind of go, well, actually, not all of them, right? 
The main quest for Poseidon is pretty straightforward. I think you have to leave the area to go do something and then come back pretty quickly. The, for, De, for, De, for Demeter, you just go there and everything you need is in that one area. But for uh, Aether, they send you to a completely different zone, you know, and then you got to come back, <laughs> you know. So like it is, like, I think the first one, the Aether one, feels like the longest of the main quest because they sit of, of where they send you. So we'll get into all that. But for now, we're going to kind of clean up the map on the way there. But there's definitely stuff to talk about. I, I really want to talk about this in the in Horizon Zero Dawn. There's a desert clan storyline that would have been a main quest. It would it, 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 it would have been a main quest, but it's just a series of side quests. Wait, in Zero Dawn? In Zero Dawn, it would have been a main quest. Like kind of like how we had Durval as a main quest. You say that, but they didn't put the Vanasha quest as a main quest. The Vana- they should have put the Vanasha quest. As a they main quest. should have. The, the Vanasha quest definitely should have been uh, should have been like a main quest. Should have been a side quest. But if this was like the, the main quests in this game only focus on the Aloy stuff. Like, not to say, yeah, I'll say primarily the Aloy stuff, like her main mission on getting Guy up and running. Mm-hmm. But in 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 zero, like like you know, in zero dawn, if this quest line existed, it probably would have been a main quest because this is like their Duval. This is like the Duval quest of yeah, Forbidden West to a degree. So, I mean, it's three quests that chain together. So, uh, but yeah, so with that, we're going to go ahead and close up here. I'd like to thank everybody for listening. If you want to keep up with what's going on with this show and uh, the other shows on the Mash the Buzz Network, you can follow us on twitter.com slash the Mash Network. Christina, where can they find you? You can find me at S'mores Pop Tart on Twitter and Twitch. And I'm also part of another podcast on the network called Wondrous Tales, where we talk about Final Fantasy 14 content. All right, and you can find me on Twitter at Jostradamus, and sometimes streaming on our Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash smash those buttons. And if you uh, want to join us on Discord, we'd love that. We'd love to hear what you have to say about the show and about the game, so you can join us at Discord, uh, sorry, mash.gg slash Discord. Uh, we'd love to, you know, for you to contact us with your comments and questions, so you can do that on Discord or Twitter, or just email us at contact at mash.gg. And if you enjoy the show, you want to help us out. One of the ways to do that is to share the show with others and to rate and review on your favorite podcast platform of choice. If you want to take support a bit further, you can do so at mtb.gg support, where you can find all the different ways to support Mash Those Buttons, one being Patreon at patreon.com slash mashthosebuttons, where we have tiers starting at $2 a month. Uh, we have a Teespring store, which is merch.mash.gg. Uh, we have Twitch subscriptions, which is twitch.tv slash mashthosebuttons once again. And we have Humble Bundle affiliate links where you can... Uh, games and help support the uh, site at the same time and then a one-time paypal donation link so uh, any of those ways is very helpful to us and we thank you very much and i encourage you guys to stay tuned after the show to hear more about mash those buttons and uh see you bye you led me on man you just had a gap (laughs) sorry sorry Thanks for listening to a Mash Those Buttons production. 
If you enjoyed the show, you should check out MashlessButtons.com and see if any of our other shows might interest you. All of our shows are available on your podcast platform of choice like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. If you enjoy our content, you can help support Mash Those Buttons by becoming a patron at Patreon.com slash Mash Those Buttons, where you can receive Patreon bonuses for as little as $1 a month. You can connect with Mash Those Buttons at Twitter.com slash The Mash Network, Facebook.com slash Mash Those Buttons, or join our Discord at Mash.gg slash Discord. 